everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, we are starting the month of April with our best actress goes to Sally Field. So all the movies we watch in April are going to have Sally Field in the front. Um, I believe, at least, she's the star in all of them. And um, she'll at least be in all of them. And we started with a film that neither of us had seen before. In fact, I think the whole month is like that for the most part, right? Yeah, I haven't seen any of the ones that we're watching this month. Me either. So, woo! It'll be all like four movies. That yeah, we happen often. It does not. Um, so it's kind of cool that it is happening. Um, it did not happen last month. I saw uh, two of the Jeff Bridges films before we watched them um, last month. But nonetheless, I enjoyed rewatching um, both of the ones that we rewatched. So it worked out. But uh, today we're going to be talking mainly about Norma Ray from 1979. Uh, but before we do that, we like to check in with each other and then see what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how you been? You know, I'm fine. It's spring. I'm trying not to get sick. Bill is sick again. And I'm supposed to go see Pixies on Friday. Oh, yes. And Weezer, unfortunately. Um, oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes, if they play... I'm already, like, gearing myself up to be embarrassed for them. Um... Um, but yeah, I'm fine. Have you listened to the White Album? No, I listened to the Teal Album though, or at uh, least parts of it, and thought I, I was gonna die. What? I love the Teal Album. Oh, is that's the covers one, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's insane. The covers are great. Did you listen to the No Scrubs cover? No, I didn't. I listened to Take on Me, which is great. Mm, the Eurythmic song. Did they like buy a n new synthesizer and they just wanted to record an album with it? And then I forget what song it was where he was trying to sound just like the singer. I, but I think I love cover songs. I love them so much, but I feel like you need to like make them your own. It definitely helps. But I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to just talk mad, whatever about it. You are though, and I can't get I'm over it. They, Sorry. <laughs> they did release a black album um like a m month after the teal album that is uh, originals but um it's a little darker content than they normally do i don't know what's going on with them if they had like a obligation to make a certain number of albums this year or what but that it's so we're talking about weezer so i'm going to talk about them for a moment more i don't really like them anymore i loved pinkerton they've had a couple singles after that that were okay but do you remember a few years ago, I can't remember exactly how long ago, this guy, like, started some kind of GoFundMe or fundraiser that if he, like, raised a million dollars, Weezer would stop making music? And I just don't even know what band, unless they're completely unheard of, would ever go for that, because I have to believe Weezer makes a whole lot more than that a year. Oh, yeah. You know? So I just thought that was funny. Like, if you don't like them, don't listen to them. Cool. Yeah. But I don't... I don't... I, I enjoy their uh, their poppiness. I haven't liked every single album. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty much after the Red album, they did like Hurley and then two other albums that I didn't really get into. Uh, but I like the White album. Uh, the Teal album, I think, is fun. And, um, you know, I, I like a good covers uh, song. And I'm okay with it not being completely original because it is a full album. Um, I expect if you do a cover on an album that you do something new with it. But if you do a full cover album... To me, it's like, well, you're you're being a cover band for some reason. I don't know why. You don't have to do this. But uh, a few of the songs are definitely, like, their own. Like, No Scrubs, I think, is uh, just making it into a pop punk or alternative band. I guess they're not really pop punk so much. But 
um, sound, it's going to be different inherently. But um, but a lot of the other songs do just sound like good versions of those songs, in my opinion. But you know, I'm a Weezer fan, so whatever. But they're going to play Toto, and I'm going to sit down. <laughs> I just <laughs> I was looking at one of the set lists from one of the recent shows. And they played so many of those covers. I heard a really bad dad joke uh, recently about that song. You know, it's why uh, why vampires don't live in Africa. Because <laughs> they bless the rains. I'm out of here. <laughs> Holy water kills vampires, everybody. It's canon. Oh, so, here we are. Um, <laughs> well, I've had a solid week. Uh, it's, the illnesses are going around, though. Um I had a pretty long day today. Uh, it was a testing day for our ninth and tenth grade students. Oh, and boring! I was helping with other things um, with a different class, but IB film and getting some stuff in that way handled. And then my college kids have a term paper due next week, so I had to work with them on that kind of stuff. I shouldn't say kids because some of them are either my age or you know uh, this particular class. I don't think anyone's older than me, but they're not all kids. Most of them are adults. Um, I always enjoyed that about college, though. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm so used to calling my students kids as like I'm a synonymous thing. Not that, saying that you're making that negative at all. Yeah. I just was throwing that in there. Got it, got it. But um, I did uh, record a new episode of Movie Astrology with What I Watched Tonight. Co. Uk. My boy Matt. Um, for we hey, we Matt. got to do the year 1999, which was a really cool year to talk about because I think that's kind of the year that for me movies became more than just entertainment um that Did... was here. flight club matrix um oh that's right um i just always enjoy all of the photoshops oh yeah matt crushes uh so guys <laughs> i'm qui-gon john in this uh this the year's cover because it's the uh phantom menace so comes out as well oh um it was a big year 99 is a really big year in film and it's a long episode because of that because we were extremely uh, talkative because there was so many movies that we were passionate about or that we saw multiple times or that we were uh, angry passionate about um, including uh, when we get to what we watch uh, by coincidence I recorded it and then like the next day one of the movies that we uh, we talked about was on like Comedy Central and Taylor had never seen it so we ended up just sitting and watching it so um, but yeah and there's some big movie news this week um, did you see the trailer for The Dead Don't Die, the new Jim Jarmusch zombie film. Yeah, I did. I'm I am super so, stoked. Me too. I am so excited. If you haven't seen it, Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Selena Gomez, um, Danny Glover, Steve Buscemi, I know I'm going to, uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, I know there's other people I'm forgetting, but oh man, um, I am so All pumped. All the cool kids. Yeah. Very, very excited about that movie. Um, and then today, the day we're recording this on a Wednesday, a lot earlier than normal, um, the Joker teaser trailer dropped, which is more than a teaser. It's two minutes and like twenty seconds. Oh, um, yeah, it's a full like trailer. Seconds. Yeah, I was expecting a teaser. Teasers traditionally are like the title card and maybe like a sound effect. <laughs> like they they really upping the teaser game. But yeah, have, if you haven't watched it yet, to me it feels like we're uh, we you were never really here mixed with the Joker, um, which doesn't bode well for me because I didn't like you were never really here. Uh, which you can listen to our back episode of that uh, podcast. But um, I'm not, I'm such a uh, Batman kind of purist to a degree that I am always apprehensive with any major alterations to canon. And uh, I'm okay with alterations to canon, but I'm always apprehensive. 
Um, because a lot of times, like, Gotham is a great example where they just pooped all over the canon. And uh, I don't think in a good way. Like, it's just, to me, Gotham is awful. I made it through barely a season, and I was so done with that show. And so far, just the idea of having a Joker origin story where there is no Batman bothers me. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to try it. Uh, the trailer, I mean, Joaquin looks like he's doing stuff, and it's it's crazy, but I'm not sold on the Joker movie myself. Other people seem to be very excited about it. I am less so, but, um, but yeah, did you catch that one yet? I didn't. I saw, like, a still or something, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, and the poster dropped yesterday, and the poster, actually, I was a little more hyped about. I'm getting tired of, uh, poster drops and, like, every film critic instagram account posting like the poster like they're the ones who got the exclusive because then my instagram feed is just like the same picture that same thing you're just scrolling i'm just like guys you don't have to post (laughs) at least photoshop it geez or or at least have something something. cool to say other than i can't wait like okay like and i know people i know not everybody follows all of the critics but that's a lot of who i follow (laughs) i feel like though I feel like you probably follow, if you do follow one, you wouldn't just follow one. You'd probably follow more than one. My experience is they all talk about each we, other. we follow one, they follow us back. And thus you have this big cycle of critics patting each other on the back or whatever. Um, mm. That seems to be the trend. Uh, same thing with podcasts. Um, if like you join like a podcast group, it's like, hey, listen to my podcast. And I, I realized really quickly, I'm like, none of you are going to listen to my podcast because you're already podcasting. You just want us to listen to your podcast, but I'm not going to do that because I'm already already podcasting. (laughs) Like, I listen to podcasts a lot, but I already have, like, my circle of podcasts that I'm into. And every once in a while, I I learned a while ago, I can't, I can only maintain maybe, like, six or seven, like, every episode. Holy shiitake, that's a lot. But I listen to them when I'm getting, like, because I go to work and I sit at work for, like, an hour or so just doing lesson plans or grading. And that's what I have on (laughs) in my headphones. Um, I listen to them on the drive and whatever. So, and again, um, like not all of them are like Doug loves movies. He might do two a week. Sometimes usually it's one a week. Most of them are one a week. And so it's like basically one a day is kind of my, my quota. And then there's, I have miscellaneous ones that I subscribe to and I listen to specific episodes, but generally, you know, I have learned a while ago, I have to drop one if I, if one really catches my attention. So I'm constantly cycling, uh, if I find one that I like, but generally speaking, I don't have room to add as many as I'm bombarded with. Like, I have, in the podcast group, there's, like, 50. So it's like, but we're all together, and we're all saying, listen to our podcast. And, like, then people are asking, have have you seen any growth since you've been on here? And I was like, no, of course not. We're all podcasters. We're not listening to each other's podcasters. We're promoting to, like, it'd be like if Disney just sold their movies to other movie, like, studios. Just like, hey, come watch this. And they're like, no, come watch ours. Like, no. Like... It's not how that should work, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I digress. Uh, I want to get into what we've been watching since the last time we recorded, which isn't that long ago. We recorded last Friday, and it's Wednesday now, so it's only been a few days. Have you seen anything other than Norma Rae since uh, last we spoke? Hold on a second. Oh, you want me to go first? No. I, so, okay, I feel so discombobulated, um, because it felt like it was a week i thought we recorded on wednesday last week whatever did, oh we wait, did we did we did because i was supposed okay. to make cupcakes i was like there's oh, no way that true. i watched this many movies i have watched four i watched inside lewin davis oh very nice 
I love it so much. And how weird, I was like, I took a break in the middle of watching last night, and I was like scrolling through uh, Twitter, and I found a really great article um, that somebody had written about it, and it was just very strange. I don't know who liked it, where it came up in my feed, but I enjoyed that perspective. Um, and I can't remember who wrote it, but it was something to the effect of, it's actually a very positive story in that he doesn't ever give up on what he wants all throughout the story, even when everything is stacked against him. Mm. How it helped that person through their depression. Oh, wow. Yeah. I watched Searching. Oh, wow. I, you, you saw that in the theater, right? No. Oh, so this is your first time? Yeah. Oh, my God. How great is that movie? I don't really know. What? I Some of it really bothered me that... He is this dad, and he just all of a sudden knew what to do or how to find all these things, and it was all just so easy. But he's um, a he's a whoa 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 hold on he's a he's I a don't program. Wanna, I know I, I don't, don't want to spoil talk it either. About it too but much because it's still kind of new. It is very new and un- sadly underseen. But he he is a computer programmer, like so his knowledge of like social media and stuff does make sense in in the context of the the film. Okay, does, I didn't like his job is like. Uh, cybersecurity. So he's very up on that. Ah, uh, how did, did I miss that? I saw him like I watched the whole movie. I was there in it the whole time, and I saw mm-hmm. him like having his like Skype meetings and all this stuff. I kind of didn't. I don't want to say that I didn't like the ending, and we can't really talk about it. No, but I wouldn't like it any other way. My um, I it, actually taught that to my students um back in january and they loved that movie like they were like done my film two students and mm-hmm. they were they were completely floored by that film like it wasn't it we talked about it on another episode how um your students were like describing to you how it's still cinematic mm-hmm. and things like that and that it's mostly all on computer screens or you know taking place through electronics i guess mm-hmm. um it didn't ever feel claustrophobic which was good i was a little worried about that um but i i liked it i didn't love it but i liked it have you seen the unfriended movie the no one okay the first unfriended is a great example of how boring um a movie on a computer screen can look because it is uh it is literally just the screen now they have like picture in picture type situation going on more but it's still like all always you always see the whole screen of the computer where this movie they they have close-ups and they have wide shots and um you know they you'll see the whole screen but then you only see a little segment of the screen which is what made it uh so so much better cinematically it, it searching folks if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it i'm a huge fan of john cho um i i just think the dude deserves to be way more name recognition and i hate that his biggest claim to fame uh, for the most part, where most people know him is from 1999's American Pie, when he says MILF. Uh, yes, folks, as far as I am aware, he coined the He's... term MILF in the movie. I'm... He was really good in this movie. I can't oh, yeah. remember other things lately that I've seen him in. but oh, And I... Um, I thought that they did a really good job with conveying emotion, and I cried mm. Oh yeah. early on, you know, so I thought they did a really good job with that onward have you i seen... saw dumbo oh, oh go ahead. i was gonna say have you seen columbus Mm-mm. it's on hulu and it's uh john cho and Haley lou richardson um and i everyone should watch that movie it's amazing okay i will add it to my never ending list exactly um 
I also saw Dumbo in IMAX, and then I enjoyed it. And I've been watching King of the Hill, and I started watching a new Killian Murphy movie that we got, mm-hmm. Season of Something, um, and it's all right. Oh, Delinquent <laughs> Season. Ah. It's yeah, I think just, I saw I, it. Um, he's, I haven't oh, seen it, but I, I think was I streaming saw it. it. <laughs> yeah. Or watching it. <laughs> well, okay, that's all I got. <laughs> um, I don't remember if I talked about the parties. The party's just beginning when we recorded last week. The I Karen don't Gillian movie. Um, I don't remember when I watched it in relation to um, the uh, the podcast, but. Um, my wife and I watched that, and that's Karen Gillian directs, uh, wrote, and stars in. Um, it is a tough movie at times, but um, really good. Uh, very, very well done, especially for a debut. Um, I listened to a podcast she did back in October. I can't remember the show's name, um, but I knew it was like she was talking about the movie and her process, and I really wanted to hear her. And she's, she is so charming. Um, definitely, a, I'm glad to see another female director getting... Uh, a, a really strong film it, it's not super well seen but it is on hulu um and i do recommend that one um i think i told you on top five that i finally watched ain't them body saints uh yes. the david lowry film like that quite a bit i i do kind of want to rewatch it um i get so nervous when i really like a movie and i tell you about it because i'm afraid that it's not gonna i i am definitely a david lowry guy um the only film of his i've not seen yet is pete's dragon which is his biggest uh, film as far I as like... I didn't realize that was him. Yes. Um, I, it, he did Anthem Body Saints and then he got uh, Pete's Dragon. And then he went to A Ghost Story, which you know he, I like that he went back to his indie kind of sensibility. And then last year he did The Old Man and the Gun, which I thought was fantastic. <gasps> um, but I plan on watching uh, Pete's Dragon in the near future. Um, I saw Dumbo. I thought a little less... Uh, ex- I, I would say I barely liked it. Um, oh, and uh, I think that I, I hate dissing child actors, but I do it a lot. But the girl is awful, uh, horrible, cannot act, uh, or at least was directed poorly. Um, she she gives the most wooden performance I think I've seen on screen in a while. Um, and I don't know if it was her. I definitely blame Burton um, for like not directing her more, but uh, she or or directing her poorly um, because there is this whole like she's into science and so she has this like monotone delivery for every single line in the film and it's just awful um and that, that it, i had no emotional connection to any of the human characters except for Ava, uh eva green i thought she was great oh i love her um that said uh saturday i watched austin powers the spy who shagged me which was the movie i talked about on astrology and then uh, watched with my daughter on Comedy Central, thank goodness, because it is a little bit more... Uh, I mean, it's not too <laughs> raunchy, but the, some of the jokes get trimmed out because they can't do it on TV. Um, but I like that. Uh, I liked... It was still as funny as I remember. Um, had I me cracking up. in so long. I know, right? Like, I haven't watched Austin Powers in years, but I, ha- I had a blast watching it. Then I finally... I've been meaning to get to this film, and with the, uh, the Dead Don't Die... I made it a, a must uh, watch for myself. I watched Only Lovers Left Alive um, from the Jim Oh, uh, yes. Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, uh, Mia Wachowski, which was the most annoying performance she's ever given, but not in a bad way. Like, her character is supposed to be annoying. But my God, I was like, oh my God, leave. And? Like, yeah, uh, Anna or Ava. Ava. No, did you say Anton Yelchin? 
Oh, I hadn't said his name yet. No, because I stopped at Mia Wachowski. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, no, yeah, but Anton Yelchin, who is, as always, amazing and made me sad. Um, and also, uh, I don't want to forget, um, I'm going to forget because I don't want to, John Hurt uh, is oh. in it, and he's uh, great as well. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I definitely want to own it. I only rented it because I had a credit, um, so I just rented it and watched it, and it was really uh, just, I, I'm definitely becoming a Jarmusch fan. We've, we watched Coffee and Cigarettes um, on the podcast a couple years ago, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, I watched Broken Flowers on my own. I still haven't seen Dead Man. Um, That's okay. I have it on one of our lists. It's coming up. Perfect, and I have it on Criterion, so yay. Same. Um, and then... Um, I'm a big fan of Patterson, uh, and I just, I cannot wait for the only, the dead don't die. Um, so, uh, but only lovers left alive, definitely one worth to check out if you, if you skipped it like I had. Norma Ray I watched on, um, Sunday, and then, um, or I guess Monday, it was Monday, and then last night I went and saw Hotel Mumbai. Um, have you heard of this film, Corey? I don't think so. Um, it is uh, stars Dev Patel, who I am a really, really big fan of. Oh, um, yeah. Army Hammer's in it. Uh, Naz- Nazanin um, Bonadadi. So um, it's based on a real terrorist attack from uh, 2008 in uh, Mumbai, India. And I didn't know anything about it, which I'm guessing like it's. I had to have heard something because it is a massive attack. Um, but I just, I don't remember it and it made me feel a little guilty that I didn't remember it, but this movie, um, is so tense and so I was, I was in the whole time. Um, I really enjoyed Dev Patel's, uh, performance, especially, um, if it comes near you, I, I recommend it. I was surprised cause our, our local theater got it and we don't usually get small kind of indie films like this. So I was excited. It is the first time director, Anthony Maris, and I, I was super impressed. So I will definitely be keeping an eye out for whatever he does next um, to see it. But um, that's basically what I've been watching. I did rewatch uh, Into the Spider-Verse today with a couple of my students. And then a again, in a different class, um, we had testing today, as I mentioned. So I only had a few students in my class. Uh, and they picked Into the Spider-Verse as their, their movie to kind of study independently. Um, and it was it, I love that movie so, 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 so much. So... Um, yeah, uh, that's what we've been watching. Um, Corey, you got anything else before we jump into Norma Ray? Nope. All right. Well, Norma Ray, uh, let's get the stats out of the way. Um, from 1979, and as this theme, as I mentioned the theme, stars Sally Field, um, directed by Martin Ritz, who I'm not familiar with, but it looks like he's done a few other uh, movies worthy of some note, I guess. Um, it looks like HUD... The Spy Who Came In From The Cold and Cross Creek are what he's most known for, according to IMDb. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen any of those movies. Um, but this film co-stars Bo Bridges, Ron Liebman, um, Pat Hingle, uh, Barbara Baxley, Gail Strickland, Morgan Paul, John Calvin. Um, we'll stop there. 61 Metascore, 7.4 IMDb user score. And I feel like, if I'm not mistaken... Man, Rob Lehman looks... Oh, I am right. He is Rachel's father on Friends. I knew I knew him. It was driving me crazy when I was watching the movie. And now I'm looking at his IMDb picture. I'm like, that is Rachel's dad. And sure enough, Rachel's dad. I know my friends. So, and uh, Rob Lehman is uh, 
possibly, uh, aside from Sally Field, he's, I love him as the union organizer that she befriends, uh, plays Ruben. I thought he was really great in it. Um, it's, I thought it's cool by a weird coincidence that Bo Bridges was in this movie. Considering yeah. we spent all last month watching his brother's movies. Yes. Um, and obviously, no offense to Bo, but Jeff is the the better Bridges, um, which I feel like most people would agree with. But um, let's get our initial thoughts out of the way. Corey, what did you think of Norma Ray? I liked it. I knew what it was about, but didn't really know what to expect. I'm kind of surprised that this movie's kind of harder to find. Like, I'm surprised that it's not streaming anywhere and that we had to buy, like, physical copies because we yeah. couldn't even get it digitally, could we? I No, I don't believe it was even available digitally because usually we would just rent something like this if we didn't have an easy way to get it, but uh, we had to buy the Blu-rays and that didn't come with digital. You can't transfer, you can't convert it to digital. So, yeah, very uh, surprisingly hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, I thought that there were some very powerful mo- mo- uh, moments in the movie, too, that I kind of wasn't expecting, I guess. Um, I didn't know anything th- about this movie. Like, I just, yeah, the, only, I mean, the only reason I picked it was because she won an Oscar for it. And so I was like, well, that makes sense to, to watch that one. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She is tremendous in this movie which it totally makes sense why she got an actress for this um and she's she looking at her imdb it looks like she has won uh two oscars one for this movie and one for places in the heart which is in our movie viewing for this month um and then she was nominated for lincoln um which i forgot she was in lincoln but um so this film i knew nothing about um uh, I you know I, I obviously know who Sally Field is, but I don't think I'd seen anything um, before Miss Doubt. No, I guess before Steel Magnolias. That was first. That was before Mrs. Doubtfire. So I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen any of her films before that. Um, and I've seen a lot of her stuff. I am a big fan of Hello, My Name Is Doris, which Corey hates. Um, I think that we need to expand this podcast because what I really wanted to choose it. It's listed on IMDb as a TV miniseries, but Ooh. I really wanted to see Sybil. I've wanted to see Sybil since we worked at FYE, and it came out, I think, maybe for the first time on DVD or Blu-ray. And I'm it's familiar with that a either. miniseries. Okay. Yeah, it, she plays a woman with multiple personalities. Oh, that's so funny that you bring that up. So, earlier this evening, um, someone you're related to was at my house. Uh, oh, God. Your Aunt Bobby, <laughs> but also Bobby's mom, Carol. Uh, well, I love here. my grand. I love them both, but I love my grandmother. So, um, she, she, I, I was, I, I don't know if they thought they were annoying me, but I got up and moved into the man room where I record the podcast. I was getting ready to like set up for this, and I also was uh, working on our next episode of Top Five. I had to compile all these movies, and so I was, I was walking in here, and she's like, you know, said something to Kathy, like, are we bothering him? And she's like, no, oh, no, he's got to record a podcast. And she was like, what's a podcast? So listeners if you haven't caught on i talk a lot when prompted with subject matter that i like so i had quickly gave like this is a podcast and then um i i probably gave more information than she wanted because i am a teacher and that is my default uh but then she asked me um like i said like our podcast is about movies so she asked what we talked about and i told her how we we pick a theme and we pick a movie that one of us haven't seen and then mentioned that we watched a sally field movie 
And the first thing she asked me was, was it the one? Oh, I said, we watched Norma Ray. And she goes, is that the one with the multiple personalities? And I didn't know what that was. And I said, no. And then she goes, is that the one where they form the union? I'm like, yes, very good. You know, I was like, oh, uh, you know, someone who knows a little about movies. So uh, Grandma Carol knows about <laughs> Norma Ray. My grandma is the one who used to take me to movies when I was a kid. There it she is. took me to see Silence of the Lambs, guys, at six. See, and that's as much. Um, I don't like to talk about my family much on the uh, other than my wife and daughter. I talk about all the time, but um, I I was uh, we actually I guess on top five we say it a lot because Mike and I were both all of us we saw movies that most kids yeah. would not have been taken to, um, which is most likely why we are so obsessed with film because we've been watching real movies since we were way too young and not and I, I not to insult kid movies but kid movies are, are different you know like I watched you, like, those too I did too but I also watched the movies and the movies that I watched a lot were not meant for me like Wayne's World for example I was like nine when I'm watching Wayne's World on repeat and Ace Ventura Pet Detective which is you that, just knew what was up yeah there's some dirty jokes in Ace Ventura I didn't get all of them um, I haven't seen that Ugh, yeah ever. it's a long time I don't think that one holds up uh, <laughs> to be completely honest pretty sure that does not hold up but um i was so my take on normal rate I, I also really liked it um i actually think i liked it more as it went on like at first i was like all right okay um, but slow. i like a lot about this movie I actually was uh kind of imp- it, it's it's some of it's obvious but it's obvious in a way that i think is um and when i say obvious i'm talking about the filmmaking i didn't say that out loud i thought it but like the sound design for example um we're, we're in that factory so much and that plays a big factor they all have earplugs all the time her mom is like partially deaf at one moment because of the noise and it's just it's always so loud in those scenes that it plays such a factor later in the film i won't say why here because we're, we're in the spoiler free section but things like that i really i was really kind of impressed with um i i she her character uh this is 1979 her character is by no means perfect um, just in the eyes of other people there, she's flawed. Uh, she knows she, she's got issues with herself. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that happen in this movie that I'm a little unhappy with. Like, I'm like, I don't know if people would do the thing that they're doing here, but you know, it's, it's in the small North Carolina town, which I didn't, I don't feel like the movie said North Carolina, but I went, no. I went looking online and it said it was North Carolina. So I don't know if that's actually where it was filmed. Or if that's where it was supposed to be, but it's definitely some indiscriminate southern town, very small, and this uh, Baptist, very Baptist, uh, very racist. Even though it's in this, it's seventy eight when the movie's taking place, um, and uh, this town is very much run by this factory. Everyone works in this factory. You do it for generation after generation. It's a, um, a textile factory. Like there looks like they're working with cotton and stuff, um, and. Uh, it, it deals with the unionization and um, I, I actually I'm not going to say what job or whatever but there was a attempt to start a union and um, I actually had someone show up at my house I didn't know I didn't know who they were they were I didn't know how they got my address talking about hey we we're trying to form a union and I without I had not seen Norma Ray when this happened this happened a few months ago um, but I got very nervous like you see the people in this movie were like because you don't know if you join are your are the employers going to lash out at you you know so there's a lot of a lot of nerves that come with it and it's it's ironic because the union's trying to help you but then i think the fear is that if the union fails and you were a part of it that you, there will be backlash and legally they're not supposed to but 
you know they can find something they find ways exactly um give you the worst of whatever they can do and again i don't know that my the, my employer would have and i don't you know but i i was terrified to be a part of it and especially um i was and again i had no reason my employer never did anything to imply i would be but i i think that that mindset of like well if i if i burn a bridge by signing something that would force them to be a certain way and it's obviously my conditions are nowhere near as bad as what these factory workers were going through with these long hours and no medical benefits and things like that my situation is nothing like that so like i i don't know for sure that a union is needed either in my situation however i still was like when i was watching this i'm like oh that's so interesting because i just went through that initial process of them trying to get enough people to have a vote for the union and whatnot so um i i was really very uh captivated by the film and i definitely felt for sally field's character i thought she was uh pretty terrific in this movie all the way around um is there anything else you want to mention before we get into spoilers i so i you know have watched steel magnolia since i was a kid and even here i had no idea that she was from california everyone oh you could have told me she was from like the deep south and i would have bought it like all day long alabama georgia something actually i would probably go with carolina but i just can't believe she's from california i don't know why well you know um one thing i'll say about this movie is one of the posters is so misleading as to what this movie is like uh it's just her it's not like misleading but it's her with her arms outstretched smiling you know wearing like a little little tight shirt and and oh my god i'm looking at that right now and i'm just like what what is this though because like when in when is she happy like this in the movie really like the now the the cover that's on the uh that i got with the blu-ray she's holding the sign that says union and she looks very angry and um honestly until i really looked at the cover i thought she was like at like a pep rally and was like holding a sign for like football because i'd seen the other poster which makes her look like a high school student to me like i thought this was like super young sally field like a high school student norma ray everything's gonna be a ray of sunshine you know i was expecting a completely different movie one she's not she's 31 when she's playing this role and she's also supposed to be like in her 30s in the movie she has two kids in the movie um she's one her, one husband's dead uh, the other uh was kid was born out of wedlock and she doesn't care um she's in the middle of an affair like this is all in the beginning like this isn't spoilers at all this has nothing to do with the actual movie other than her character backstudy but that those posters of her like with her hands in the air yeah. smiling it's got to be the most misleading freaking I don't know poster. what movie those people watched. Yeah, because the other oh. one, like, on our Blu-ray, that one is speaks volumes of what this movie is. Like, oh, yeah, that's this movie. Her angry, her fighting for something, her, you know, being stubborn. And that's the character that Not we meet. Not putting up with people's bullshit. No. And we're told that from the beginning, that they, they give her a promotion in the factory because they can't shut her up. So they figure if they move her up... She'll, she'll just shut up because she's getting, you know, benefits and whatnot. So, like, yeah, um, that poster I thought was very weird, and I don't know why it is that. But, um, but yeah. Oh, I, I, I did want to mention this because I couldn't remember her name. It took me a few minutes to place Grace Zabriskie. She plays Lynette Odom in the movie, but you probably know her from Twin Peaks, and oh. she's 
the crazy mother. She's oh. the crazy mom in Twin Peaks. Of oh, Laura is she Palmer, the but... one who's like, um, she says her husband died and left her stuff yep. in this movie? with her two kids. Yeah, yep, yeah, and yeah. She's got, yep. And she is the mother in Big Love, also a crazy mother. So I think that she's just a crazy mother in real life, but she's I've a great not. actress. Yeah, I liked her in this, because there's a few scenes with her where she's she's always a little on that like the apprehensive side of what's going on, but when she finally like feels comfortable, like you just see there's so much emotion in her face, and yeah, I totally totally bought what she was going through. Um, all right, I think we should go to spoilers though, because I think we, even some of the things I just said might be like getting a little close to spoilers. Um, Corey, it's fine. This movie's older than I think both of us. Yeah, um, a few years. Yes. Guys, we're going to talk about Norma Ray from 1979 in great detail, starting right now, so you've been warned. Alright, so, I loved Ruben. Uh, I loved, uh, one, I'm glad that they don't officially get together. Like, there's always this kind of sexual tension between the two of them, but it never it never goes into it. I think partly because he respects her too much. I really liked that, too, that he's educated, and he is around very educated people he's dating a lawyer you know he's from a big city but he never let he comes like into this small town and never looks down on anyone no in fact she has to kind of coach him because when he's handing out the first flyer she's like these words are too big like no one is no it's not that even if they want to read it they can't read it and um that's not her insulting them either it's her being like you're overestimating what you're dealing with these people work for a living they've they've worked probably since they were in high school and this is their world this is all they know they don't have time to read because they're working crappy shifts and they go home and they're exhausted or they're they're too tired that's the same thing they're too worn down in general to do anything else other than what else they have to do they have to go you know do their chores they have to cook dinner they have to do all these things they they're not reading luck you know leisurely like you know people up in new york are and so he tones it down and like i i love the dynamic of their relationship i think it is so cool which is what brings me to my biggest complaint of this movie Uh oh why is Bo bridges in this movie at all like why is his character even here like it is the, the how quick they get married bothered the well, hell out of me <laughs> i can totally understand that and i totally like that's not the kind of marriage i would want to have but i mean how many people get married every day or have relationships every day out of necessity true but i feel like they established she was living at home she has two kids her dad's already overprotective i don't think we need the husband fight because she's having a creepy husband fight with her dad and at some point she says to him like why are you so clingy but there's never like an implication that he actually did anything with her or he never tries anything with her but she does kind of call him out on like you're being too protective with men and me are they so that's what you know there are a couple different scenes in the movie she talks about a ring that he got her and that she used to take him he used to take her for breakfast into the beach when she was small and i got that she's an only child and she's a daughter and the time that it was yeah yeah i don't i don't but she does say like you're why are you so weird with men and he says something about shouldn't a, a daughter love like ha- be happy to have his her daddy's love or something like that it it i don't feel like it's meant to imply anything mm-hmm. but it's there's tension there that's mu- more interesting and honestly if she never leaves home and the dad because the dad dies listeners 
Um, he dies at the factory in a very brutal way because he's having a heart attack. He tells the guy his arm's numb, and the guy's like, just keep working. You're almost on break. And the guy, like, dies. Ten more minutes. And he's like, nope, I need to go to the doctor now. Which I, I felt like the funeral scene was a little rushed. Um, not horribly, but it, it, it felt like... It, like she's sad she's there and it motivates her but we don't really get like a big scene where she like breaks down because her daddy's dead and I think that's because Bo Bridges is in the picture if you pull that character out she doesn't move in with him she's still living at home her dad's now gone so there's an empty seat like there's so much more you could have done with that dynamic instead of like her because I, I do agree like he proposes to her in a very business contract kind of way you're alone and have two kids I'm alone and have one kid I do this and I have this and you can do this and I think we would be better off if we lived together and got married. I also think though how it would be to live at home with your parents when you're a grown sure. woman and a parent. Like very true. I can't even imagine like my parents trying to parent my children or like you know and there's like that there's that stress in the relationship when she does take the promotion and she's yeah 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 because he doesn't like that he's she's watching him and stuff like that and she's doing her job like if you don't do your job then they're just gonna come down on everybody you know yeah yeah but to be fair everyone's down on her when she's the when she's that boss like when she's yeah everybody's talking to her and calls her a fink uh one guy does i don't remember who the guy was i don't know if He's a fink, like a, a rat. You tell you're a tattletale. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, An unpleasant or contemptible person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like everyone's down on her, including her her dad or whatever. But I still I feel like Bo Bridges' character adds like because then there's the whole like jealousy angle they they play, but they, none of it ever feels developed enough to me because she does have that breakdown where like he's like you're never home and she throws the laundry in the sink and she drops <laughs> potatoes in the pot and irons i think it with a cold iron she's ironing i thought a shirt. that was so funny uh, it is like it's a, she it's throws a the laundry moment. into the sink and just puts laundry uh, puts like dish soap on them like yeah. i i like that she just doesn't take anybody's shit i just Which i don't is know why i i don't believe her character would just marry to marry and that like it, it was almost like a, a concession that doesn't feel like who we've seen because I don't feel like she would like because she doesn't want anything to do with the, the boy's dad because he didn't love her and she's okay with that. She's not angry. She doesn't, you know, she's too tough to just be like, okay, yeah, why not? I mean, Sonny is nice to her and like I could have bought it over time. But that's the thing. I feel like maybe the movie does too much in her relationship world because first we meet the guy who she's having an affair with and she when she turns him down he slaps her and i'm fine with that ending i like that it ended um well i that was a part that i was uncomfortable with because she walks out of his room and the room right right next door is now i'm forgetting his name dang it reuben and it's like no big deal he like gets her you know some ice and like i i would just expect a man to be mad but you know what i mean you mean Ruben or um? I would expect Ruben to be pissed. Oh, and go beat the guy's ass. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. do something. Call the cops. Do something like I, that was. I agree. That, um, that part like threw me. I was like, really? He's like in the room next door. How do you know that he's not going to come after her? Or yeah, you know. And, and I mean that part made me uncomfortable for other reasons, but like I still like that she 
held her ground after that. She doesn't go back to that guy. That's never it's never brought back up, and that she's too tough for that crap. And that's why I don't buy her just going to Sunny, even because again I don't feel like at the point when she goes with him, there's not a reason she needs to leave home. Um, you know, obviously there is the the little fight I think about with the dad when she goes out with Sunny, but it's still like. I don't know. I felt like it, it was so unbelievable uh, that she would go with Bo Bridges. And he's not bad or anything in this, although his character is a little all over the place, I thought. Well, he, she does say that she hasn't had any, like, offers in a while. And all the men that have been, like, any having, you know, all these men that have been, I don't even know the word to use. They just want to sleep with her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And even when she's trying to get people for the union, the guys are like trying to just have sex with her again. And it, apparently, it's implied she's a little, you know, open sexually. And in 1979, that was not. I mean, still now, if a woman is too sexual, men call them horrible names, which is wrong. It's a double standard, and it's not okay. Um, a man can sleep with 20 women and it's normal and if a woman sleeps with like three guys she's a slut like it's horrible double standard that our society has built but in 1979 and in this small very you know religion driven town she's definitely looked at as a slut there's no question um they don't ever call her that outright i don't think but it's definitely implied and early she tries to shut it down because she's talking uh with she's eating an apple and her friend's eating like a sandwich or whatever and the girl's like, is that all you're eating? And then she's like, yeah. And then she said something about a hotel. And she's like, yeah, and I'm sure you're going to say something. And the woman's like, I wasn't going to say anything at all. But, like, she, you can tell she's she's used to being kind of looked down upon by the town. Well, I feel like it is just hard to be a human <laughs> in a small town where everybody knows all your business yeah. anyways. And you, like, work with them. And you, when you go out, you go out and everybody is there. And then, like, there's just no getting away. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And again, I'm not like it, it didn't ruin the movie for me or anything. I just think it's (laughs) the weakest part of the movie is that relationship with Sonny, uh, played by Bo Bridges. Um, there is a really touching moment though, when she's, uh, committed to doing the union and she pulls all of her kids in, um, and like wakes them up and she pulls her two kids and Sonny's kid and tells them like all the truth about like her how like how they were born and here's a picture of your daddy you're gonna hear mean things about me but know that i love you and it's like it's such again it's her being strong and she's just owning the the situation Who she is yeah she knows that these people are gonna try to do everything they can to hurt her to stop her from doing the union and she just out i think that was after she was arrested right like yeah yeah and that scene was really tough though when she gets tricked and like they're forcing her so hard into the police car um it's so aggravating and that was that moment though when she stands on the table and Mm -hmm. like i didn't really know what was coming but she's like scribbling something and then she stands up on the table and she holds up the sign and no one's like giving you know i don't nobody's doing anything you know in response to that and mm-hmm. she just like turns and people just start turning off their machines and which i earlier before we got in the spoilers i mentioned the use of sound and that's exactly what i was talking about is the whole movie it's so loud it's so you can't really hear they're like screaming so we can hear dialogue in the factory and so when all the machines turn off and it's absolutely silent it is so powerful because 
you've heard this like machine noise the whole movie and to not hear it and to slowly not hear it it's not like all of a sudden it stops it's one person at a time siding with her and going for the union and it's a really powerful moment that i think is really heightened because of the sound design so that was what i I kind of alluded to before and um looking through my notes go ahead we were you said that like they are wearing like your like earplugs and stuff the whole movie but i didn't notice them doing that until after her mother has that problem where she can't hear for like an hour yeah and they, then they, I noticed they had them though. That that happens at the very beginning of the film though. See, there wasn't much time to so notice. I probably missed it. I mean, it just wasn't time to even notice it. It happened so instantly. Um, I think the mom's even wearing uh, one of the earplugs though when she's talking to her. Um, but yeah, and a lot of times they're walking around with them not in, but they have them like around their neck or whatever. Like, um, mm. yeah. And it it takes her father dying before people start to stand up with her too. Yeah. Um, to commit. There's a few people early, uh, and I, I like. There's a lot of little commentary on racism. Um, you know, the 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 factory itself convinces white workers to attack the black workers because the they claim that the black workers are going to use the union to take power, and so you have that power struggle. That I mean, God, I can't believe that that's still a topic that we're dealing with today. Well, with people in power are afraid of losing their power to minorities, and it's you know why it's it's dumb. But it it seems so long ago. But when you look at it, it wasn't really that long ago in this, you know, in the scheme of things. So I'm like thinking how crazy this is in this movie. But it was only like 11 years. I'm looking at the timeline on history, you know, right now that mm-hmm. it wasn't that far after that. And I was actually kind of surprised to see black people working there with the white people too, because it's such a small religious yeah. town. And there's a point where she's trying to find places where they can meet for the union yep. organization. And she goes to her church and even comments on how long she's been there and that she sings in the choir. And her pastor won't let black people in there. Like, black people and white people are not allowed to even attend church together. Yeah, and this is 1978 when the movie's actually... Oh, 78. Well, the movie's from 79, but in the film it's 78. Like, I think there was a card at the very beginning that said, like, 78 or whatever, but... Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, because Zoom tech? Or is that no, even? I was oh, okay. yawning. Sound yeah. like you were about to sneeze. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, that's that was surprising to me. And the way he said it to her, too. And, like, he, he basically said, we'll miss you in the choir. Like, it wasn't even, like, he didn't even think about it or, like, weigh it. He bon was just voyage. Like, get out then. Um, and I liked when she, so they can't meet anywhere. So she has everyone come to her house. And there's an old man that lives next door, and she just goes right over there, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to leave. I just washed my windows, and I'm going to leave my blinds open so you can see right in there. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. She's so sassy. She is very sassy. And um, I like, even though Ruben at one point yells at her uh, for being so aggressive with people. Um, Oh, the guy shows up late to help work, and he kicks her out. Because, like, she's, like, yelling at the guy, like, how you, you know, we've been it was here for four hours. Right after her dad died, though. That might have been the breakdown that I was saying didn't happen, but maybe that's exactly why it happened. But, yeah, but Ruben, I, I love when she finally bites in, Ruben says to her that, um, you're the fish I wanted to hook kind of thing. Like, um, he, he saw this in her from the get-go. And that's where the ending is really sad, because they don't get together, which, again, I think is the right choice. 
Um, he's here for, for a purpose. They have this connection. It kind of reminds me, um, I don't want to spoil the movie once, but it reminds me of once in that they, uh, you want them to be together. That damn movie. But you don't have that. It's not, that's not what this movie's about. Because, like, I think you, you see, like, when they go swimming in the river, you know, uh, they're skinny dipping, although tastefully shot. You don't see any nudity at all in this movie. Um, but, uh, they're swimming, they're, they're clearly skinny dipping, but there's no, they never touch. They're always really close and it always seems like there's something about them, but they never do. And that happens even at one point it's implied that he goes to get like a hooker. Um, and, uh, you know, she's like, well, but he doesn't go to her. He goes away from her and it's partly because he's mad at her, but still, like, there's never, there's clearly tension between the two of them, especially in the final moments. I really think there's, like, this desire to, like, cling to each other. But they both know that now she's, you know, now they she got what he was here for. Like, the union's happening. They're going to be better paid. They're going to have but benefits. But she's been tired. I know. I, I wonder if she's going to get the job back now that the union's there. Um I'm I'm curious about that, and the, maybe not. Uh, but maybe she'll become part of like the the people who go to other factories and help spread the union kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm very curious because the ending is kind of happy sad, right? Like, as you're like, yes, the union's there, but Norma's still not in a good place. Her dad's dead now. You gotta wonder. Her mom was kind of she didn't come off as senile, but she definitely felt like well, she was, I'm, you know, losing there... things these old people still working these labor intensive jobs and they weren't the only ones there were so many oh, older yeah. people working there and and then their ugh. kids are working there and their kids are working there yeah it, it's... she doesn't even get fired at one point because her family's worked at the mill for so long yeah when she goes uh, to quit the promotion she's expecting to be let go and the guy's like oh no you've been here forever almost like we own you you don't get to leave you're just going back to work and yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie and it, it's really I mean everything is to me made and bra- made on her shoulders, but the big thing that like to me drew me in the most was her connection with Ruben. Um I was very interested in Ruben as a character and um him kind of taking this this girl who maybe had ambition but it was like squashed by the the community and and lighting a fire underneath her and inspiring her to do more. Um, again, I don't know if that was a good thing because you could argue that look what he did—he got her to do a lot of the work for him because he couldn't do it. Like people weren't listening to him, but they listened to her. And then she kind of takes it, runs with it, loses her job, and then he leaves. He's still good, but what about her? You know, we don't know. So I mean, you could argue that he's the worst thing that ever happened to her. Um, but I, I. You know, I ultimately, uh, I enjoyed a lot of the little scenes, the little quiet moments between the two of them were some of my favorite. Um, and I really, I just thought she was always a powerhouse. Like, she's always owning the moment. Um, and it's never, it's never silly. It's always, like, I mean, there's moments of, like, where you laugh or you really enjoy her as a person. But it, she is so driven. Um, I, I'm just really impressed by her uh, performance. And I don't think I've seen her this, like... I feel like in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, they make her kind of like a shrew. You know, she's always angry and yelling at him all the time and whatever. But this is like, she's really like fiery and serious and, and 
strong. Passionate. Yeah, like, my, hello, my name is Doris, by comparison. She's a, a, you know, field mouse. She's quiet and, you know, shy and, and uh, internal. And this is very opposite of that. And I, I hadn't seen a performance like this from her, and I really, really liked it a lot. So, is there uh, anything else? Because I know as soon as I say the an O word, I'm going to think of something. Um, that does happen. No. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good as long as you are. Uh, so, um, with that... I feel like this should be taught in schools. Yeah, for real, because I don't know... Like in history class. I don't know if this is based on an, a specific event, but it's definitely a real thing that happened with, you know, people going around and union, building unions and trying to get labor laws uh, intact, in especially in the South, I imagine, because of, you know, well, the, the uh, transition, finally, black people being allowed to work. But yeah, but there's still... You know, discrimination and stuff happening, so... There... And there's very... If you... Anybody wants to go rummaging around online, um, there are so many interesting, um, things... Like, even Suffragette from a year or two ago, them mm. working in factories, and they just get their children taken away, and... Which that had to do with them fighting for women's rights, but just them working in that factory. Um, there are very interesting articles about the Matchstick Girls, um, that used to work in the Matchstick, um factories and they would lose their jaws um holy crap their jaws yeah yep because of the chemicals in the matchsticks holy yep. cow the uh it would just eat the bone away from their jaws and then there was another one that i read kind of recently maybe like five or six months ago about another factory i think it was in new york and they would lock all the doors so that the workers couldn't like goof off or leave and then they ended up having a big fire so and so many people died and were just jumping from windows and i can't remember what year that was but it's just very interesting to see that you know those different steps and stuff and then going into the unionization and stuff i guess no i agree and um Again, I don't know how true this particular story is. Like, if there was... Cause the fact that there's no town listed and the factory doesn't have a name implies that it's all complete fiction as far as, like, this particular moment. But it's definitely a, a, an example of what was actually happening. And I think it, it has a lot of merit. And if anything, it just gives some cultural context uh, that mm-hmm. to this time period um, of what it was like. And, I mean, even just hearing what they were making. What is he? He's, like, $1.70 or something at one point. Like, I'm just like... Holy cow! Minimum wage now is eight bucks, and this is like what fifty years, forty years. Yeah, and then when she gets that raise, and it's like a dollar twenty-five or a dollar fifty, and I'm like, that's like twice as much as you're making now. Of course, I would take that too yeah, if I had yeah. two kids. I take it anyways. It's like when you think like in 1979, people were making three dollars an hour, and like that was enough. Like was and it's questionable. It wasn't if it was enough. Yeah, it definitely. It's not like they're living extravagant lives or anything, but. Yeah, it's crazy to think uh, that, and now we're like, what was it, McDonald's was fighting for $15 an hour or something like that at one point, Um, I think for like the California minimum wage or something like that, and yeah, like, uh, so different. Seattle, Um, their minimum wage is $16 an hour, I went and had Dick's Drive-Thru, which is like a Seattle institution, um... And they pay $16 an hour, and they had all these benefits listed, like, you know, 
full health and dental and college tuition reimbursement. But then when you look at how much it is to live there, yeah. you can't get a place for less than like $1,400 and that's outside of Seattle. You couldn't even afford it with that. So it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, I guess to be fair, you're not supposed to live on minimum wage. Like that's the idea. Like this is like, it's meant for like entry level work when you're a kid, but realistically that's not how the, there's not enough other jobs where you're not going to make minimum wage if you're not, you know, there are people who, and it's not people like, oh, you got to go to college. Like, I know people with college degrees who can't find oh, work in their employed. field and have to take whatever they can get. So yeah, still not, not a, not a perfect system that we currently have in place, but nonetheless, um, that's it for Norma Ray. Uh, what I'm going to go, um, not quite golden pony boy for mine. Do you have a mm-hmm. idea of your rating? I I feel like it's very I feel like it's an important film and I do feel yeah. like it should be taught. I'm torn between must see film and not quite golden. There you go. So we Pony both Boy. really like this film, which is good. Um, we didn't like all the films we watched last month. Hopefully, we'll like all the films we watched this month. I'm a little skeptical about next week's movie, um, not for any particular reason other than I I I don't know if you've read the plot summary for it, but we're, I'm going to read it to you now. Uh, next week we're going to be watching Eye for an Eye. Um, which is a Sally Field movie that is currently on Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, it's from 1996. And, oh, this isn't the one that has it. Hang on. I want to find the plot. I think it's on Letterboxd that has the plot synopsis that I thought was like, what? Um, oh, my God, because I've only read the one on Prime. Ah. It has Kiefer in it, too, guys. Yes, Kiefer Sutherland, um, Ed Harris, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, oh. who I know from the Vacation movies. Um and I think those are the oh, and Keith David, who is in a bunch of stuff that I like. Okay, this is this is it. Okay, listen to the synopsis. It's fire and brimstone time as grieving mother Karen McCain or McCann takes justice into her own hands when a kangaroo court in Los Angeles fails to convict Robert Dube, the monster who raped and murdered her 17-year-old daughter. So here's the thing: I had never heard a kangaroo court. Kangaroo court. So I had to Google it because I'm like, what the crap is a kangaroo court? And it's a real thing. Um, it's an expression. A kangaroo court is an unofficial court held by a group of people in order to try someone regarded, especially without good evidence, as guilty of a crime or misdemeanor. Um, and there's another de- definition that says the term may also apply to a court held by a legitimate judicial authority who intentionally disregards the court's legal or ethical obligations. Kind of like they uh, they don't care that there's not enough evidence they're going to push through anyways kind of thing. So, but the kangaroo court fails to convict the guy too. So it's like a court that was designed to screw over the, I don't want to say screw over the, the accused because if the guy's guilty and he, he's not getting screwed over, I guess if they, but the, the whole system is in place to ensure that everyone gets a fair trial. So a kangaroo court seems to imply that they ignore the concept of a fair trial, yet he still isn't found guilty. So I'm not sure about this movie. <laughs> um, but we're going to watch it, and uh, maybe we'll like it. No maybe turning back now. Um, the director is uh, John... Sh- uh, John Sh- Sh- Schlesinger? Oh, yes. Now, the thing is, he's directed a few amazing movies, including Midnight Cowboy, with... Uh, who? I Which I haven't watched yet, but it oh. is streaming on Amazon. It is. John Voight, Dustin Hoffman. Um, I bought it on Criterion. I think I bought it. Yeah, um, it's really great. Um, 
And uh, he also directed Marathon Man, which is another... Um, why do I keep forgetting his name? Um, Dustin Hoffman movie that I've been meaning to watch, but I've not seen. And then um, that... Well, those might be the two big movies that he's done. I'm not seeing anything else. Oh, he did some version of Sweeney Todd. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is good. Maybe it's not. But we're going to watch it. This will be the second movie of our Sally Field month. Eye for an Eye. Again, it's available to watch on Prime right now. Um, that's how I plan to watch it. Uh, until then, we'd love to hear your thoughts either on Norma Ray, on Sally Field, or on Eye for an Eye, or any of the other movies that we've talked about. You can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star. Two R's on the end. And if you download the Anchor.fm app, you can actually call into our show, leave a voicemail, and maybe you'll hear yourself on our podcast. Um, Corey, thank you as always. And until next time, listeners, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.